really, really hard, and they execute the system, and that's what it's all about. Yes, there sir. Trust. He's pretty, big, big trust. trust. Big, big trust. trust. Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> right on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me We are back on the Jumbo set. It is another week. It is week three in the NFL. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. Going to have a little bit of an abbreviated opening for you here. Going to kind of just go through the game itself and Spenny's notebook, do some mega culpas, talk through it all, because we have a very fun chat with a very special guest at the end of the show. How are we doing tonight, sir? Doing well, a little tired. NFL, NFL's hit me a little bit in the mouth, punching me in the face a little bit. I'm, I was up late last night. The Steelers game was crazy. The Saints Panthers game, full slate. Tape coming through. We're hopping into YouTube. Jake, you and I are really, are really dialed in right now. So we're, we're churning out a bunch of content. But I'm all right. I'm okay. We just had a great conversation with our guest, Jack Settleman, founder of Snapback Sports. Head of Winning at Underdog hosts the Punchline podcast with Marlon Humphrey. So we have a great chat with him on the back end of this episode. Definitely stick around for that. We're going to be having Jack on. I think we're going to, we didn't even get into what we like idea, what we spat that out as fully, but we want to have Jack come on. He's going to be going to every single Thursday night game. We talk about that. I want to get some picks from him, get a little vantage of the NFL as a whole brought on to this podcast, really, this football-specific jumbo set episode we are doing every single Wednesday morning for you guys. So I'm feeling all right. I feel a little rejuvenated after that conversation. How are you feeling, my friend? Feeling great. And yeah, I'm feeling rejuvenated after it, too. For all our non-gamblers, I'm getting a little bit more into the gambling stuff, but for all our non-gamblers, if you were thinking of skipping that, please do not, because there are some really juicy Marlon Humphrey stuff in there. Jack has a good relationship with him. They uh, they do a podcast together, uh, which we get into plenty of that, but uh, that is my teaser to stick around for it. But uh, yeah, man, I'm feeling good. I was a little a little wiped out uh, the last couple of days, similar to you. We kind of had a, a long day on Sunday, a fun day, but a little bit of a long day. And then uh, Monday was just kind of your typical Monday, blah, whatever. And then I probably fell asleep before halftime the last night. So thankfully, I missed the Nick Chubb injury. I've seen about a, a split second of it, and uh, I have no desire to watch anymore. Very unfortunate. Sad to see that for a, a great player uh, who I have a lot of respect for. Uh, but yeah, Browns look terrible. Steelers didn't look much better. Their defense looks good. I think the Browns defense is going to be good. Uh, Ravens sitting atop the AFC North after, uh, you know, we touched on it a little bit on Sunday. I think that might have been a little bit of one of our more drunk pods that we've done uh, in recent memory. But uh, just a... a I wouldn't say a dominant. It was a celebratory win. pod. I'll I'll give us the uh, I'll give us the excuse there. It was a celebration. First first Orioles team to go in a while, but we definitely were a little drunk. Yeah, no, and that's perfectly okay. That's why we do this. And uh, it was tremendous, you know, a tremendous overall day and a tremendous game from the Ravens. Like I said, I wouldn't necessarily call it dominant. It was just a complete game. They did stuff on defense. They did stuff on offense. They didn't make mistakes really anywhere, and they got out of Cincy, uh, you know, with a nail biting win, which is great to see. They definitely did, and like you said, it wasn't this explosive, earth-shattering. We think of Cincinnati, we think of the Lamar Jackson 2019 spin move, Nick Vigil doing all these crazy things. I mean, they, they generated some explosive plays here and there, but they just sustained drives, and that's what we touched on in the preview. Could the Bengals go the distance? Would they be able to generate explosive plays against DBs that were having to step up for the Ravens, and would they be able to sustain long drives? The Bengals obviously get that punt return touchdown, but they, they couldn't really, and they didn't generate that long, explosive touchdown play or anything like that. Um, I think one of the most interesting plays 
was Kyle Hamilton, your boy, coming up on a third down. One of the few times the Ravens did finally bring pressure. Really, they just sat in that cover zero mugged look so much of that game defensively. And what we talked touched on as well, that Burrow has said it's always something different. Like you don't get with Brian Flores, he is still creative. He still does new things. He does kind of repeat himself within those looks. McDonald doesn't. He goes deeper into that simulated pressure. It is we called it Santa Claus's bag. And um, the one one of the few times he actually went all out on third down, Kyle Hamilton comes up and snags Irv Smith, makes a shoestring kind of tackle that could have gone a long, long way. So having that thin margin for error and executing was really what stood out to me. This Ravens defense is a program. That's that's our that's our word of the season, I think. They are a program. program. We didn't we were talking about everyone else being a program. It might have been we might have just the real program was the team we had sitting five miles away from us all along. Absolutely. And Mike McDonald, I think, has a program defensively. A lot of that is Anthony Weaver, I think, too. And what that defensive line was doing, Travis Jones was hurting guards. Alex kept shoving Alex Kappa into the earth. Michael Pierce and Travis Jones were walking them around. And Mina Kimes chimed in a little bit. I ended up having a little quick little response with her on Twitter or whatever. But she makes a great point. It's like the Ravens develop. They're, they're in the too high world. That's all we talk about about defense in the NFL. Too high, too high, too high. But they're not letting teams throw over the middle of the field either. And you can't run the ball on them with any explosive consistency at all. So it's it's been a pleasure to watch so far through two I'm games. one of these people that thinks they need to ban too high safety looks. Oh, for sure. That's that's the next outlaw, the next bootleg. Put, we'll put that on Goodell's uh, to-do list for sure. We'll, we'll get that in the owners' meetings, band too high. It's it's like the shift. We got to get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. You have players and you can put them anywhere except, oh, wait, no, you can't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's I think you hit on a lot of good stuff there. Hamilton with the uh, shoestring tackle on, I think it was Irv Smith. Uh, you know, that guy had 25 miles of green grass in front of him. So that was a, a nice play by him. Uh, among a couple nice plays that he made. I mean, this defense really just top to bottom. Rocky Sin saving the touchdown on Jamar Chase. I feel like Jamar Chase catches that nine out of ten times, and Rock made the play the one time. Uh, T. Higgins, you know, feasting on them a little bit, but we talked about it while we were watching the game. We might have brought this up on the recap show too, but it felt like, you know, let's just take Jamar Chase out of this one, and if you want to beat us with T. Higgins, you can go ahead and go for it, but we're not going to let you beat us with number one this time around, and uh, it certainly worked to perfection. And, I mean, it's amazing what they're doing with not only without Marlon Humphrey, but without Marcus Williams. They are uh, just really down to some pretty pretty slim pickings at cornerback, and these guys are just all punching above their weight. Ronald Darby looks solid again, I thought. Mollett made a few plays, and, yeah, they got beat here and there, but that's going to happen anyway in the modern NFL, uh, even if you're a great player like Humphrey, and then if you're guys like this, then – you know, you got to expect it's going to happen certainly more than it has. So I think that is a credit to McDonald to your point. And this coaching staff all the way through, I was on with Kevin Ostriker, uh, you know, a couple hours ago and we were talking about it. It's just top to bottom, this staff with guys like, uh, you know, D'Alessandris on one side and then you've got uh, guys on the other side uh, like, you know, McDonald and Weaver, who you mentioned already. It's just it feels like they are they are many deep uh, in the coaching staff. And I think that's a big part of why depth is important uh, or that the fact that the depth that they have is stepping up in the way that they are. I think it's a tremendous credit to them. Absolutely. And the Ravens were so good on third down offensively. Lamar Jackson looked every part of, and we talk about the corners being out. Obviously Pat McCary has to come in for Ronnie Stanley. Sam Mustafer has to sub in for Tyler Linderbaum. So it's like your secondary and your offensive line are both wounded, wounded in this game. And 
no problem, no problem, no issue. Lamar Jackson, I think next gen stats posted was pressured on 9.1% of his dropbacks, which is the lowest total of his career. And if you want to go really get in depth on a really solid breakdown, I do love JT O'Sullivan's quarterback school. I can't get myself to watch more than like 20 minutes of it. They're so long. I did watch the entire Lamar Jackson one. He's only done him a few times, but so, so good about Lamar Jackson's mechanics. There's one specific thing. My film breakdown that I think is actually about to debut in two minutes about the Ravens opening drive. Um, something that stood out is like Lamar Jackson's control, his poise, everything was so good. And he is so close to being mechanically like royalty for what the conception of him was. The only thing that I see, and O'Sullivan touches on it, and, and I go back and I just see it time and time again, is that when he hits the top of his drop, I liken it to me having issues as a golfer trying. I top the ball a ton. I raise up in my swing instead of sit down, and it makes me top the ball. When Lamar Jackson bounces up, he's no longer throw ready. He has to sit back down again. He has to come down on the ball like a golfer, sit down so that he can get to throw ready. And I think that was really like the only thing that prevented him from going like completing 97% of his passes or something. There was just a couple instances where the timing was off, things like that. So he is so close to playing a complete game that has no flaws in it. I mean, he can pepper the ball. He can change velocity. He can change arm angles. He's an unbelievable athlete. When he gets protected like that, you can't like Mahomes can beat the Ravens maybe and doesn't have really the horses. It's looking like right now to, to do a lot of damage. So I think this Ravens team can go far. If Lamar Jackson stays healthy, I think this team is as you and I kind of thought, and even more towards what you thought, I guess the, the, the overreaction from two weeks into the season is that like, man, oh man. And sure, Joe Burrow is hurt and whatever else, you know, you can, you can play devil's advocate, but man, oh man, this offense, if you give them two healthy guys, Every game out of Andrews, Bateman, Odell, and Flowers, and I'll even throw Aguilar in there, give them three of those five guys healthy in a game, I think they are maybe the hardest out in the NFL. They have that defense that is <laughs> removing the ability to generate explosive plays and isn't letting you throw over the middle of the field with consistency because they have a seven-foot-tall Millennium Falcon Kyle Hamilton running around back there. They have Roquan Smith, who's playing hyperspeed, super efficient. Queen's doing a nice job in addition and coverage, things like that. Um, and they don't even have a Marlon Humphrey or Marcus Williams right now. And they go whoop up on the Bengals offense and, and put a lid on them. You know, it's a three point game, but didn't feel like one. So a, a really complete thorough showing in every aspect. They ran the ball. Well, Gus Edwards had a run that you'll see in that film breakdown. If you go check that out on the exit 52 YouTube channel, Gus Edwards had a run where he just saw Logan Wilson in the hole so far ahead of time. When he's receiving the handoff, he's visioning, staring right at Logan Wilson on an inside zone concept and just sets him up so perfectly, gets the ball high and tight, gets skinny, uses his blocker's leverage to eliminate Logan Wilson, and then on that opening drive just rumbles for 17 yards. Clean, precise. It was a very thorough, fun performance from this Ravens team. Mark Andrews, not even feeling his best yet probably. He needs a week or two still, I think, to get back to the Mark Andrews that we know. But man, oh man, this Ravens team put forth a, a really solid effort. Um, but I'm glad that John Harbaugh gets to like chew them out about special teams. Keep, keep it going, John. Yeah, no, that was the one thing that was just like, ah, is this going to be one of those games? Because, you know, they go down there, they do that tone setting drive was kind of the buzzword for it. 
uh, eight minutes off the clock, seven points. That, that was just a massive way to start the uh, start that game, and it just gives you a good vibe. And then, what do you know? Charlie Jones, some dude I've never heard of, returns a punt, and then the the refs pick up a flag on the field. I don't know what was going on there. It definitely looked like they could have could have gotten a block on the back, and you know, whatever. If they don't want to call it, I get it. You know, don't don't soften the league up any more than we already have. But yeah, it uh, outside of that, the Bengals offense just really wasn't doing much. And you hit on the fact, I mean, Tyus Bowser's still coming back. Marlon Humphrey's still going to come back. And Marcus Williams, I mean, we got an update on him this week uh, that it sounds like things are better than they were expected. And he might be back a lot sooner than people think. He is not going to the IR. Uh, they've, as far as their offense goes, you, you were right. I think they looked completely deep at wide receiver where you have Beckham. I thought Beckham looked really good in the first half. It's kind of like going under the radar, how good he looked because he did wind up getting hurt, had the ankle injury. It didn't sound like it was too serious, but it did. As you'll hear Jack say, it prevented him from making an appearance on the punchline podcast this week. So I guess we'll, we'll have to kind of monitor that situation. Watch this space with Odell. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when he went down, you have Nelly Aguilar coming up all of a sudden. He's doing the, the very same thing that Beckham was doing where he's going over the middle, and it's Lamar Jackson just taking what the defense gives him, 12 yards here, 8 yards there. I'm just going to take this dig route, this in route, and just fire it in there, and he's going to make the catch. And, you know, he had a couple even passes where it looked like he could have been throwing hospital balls, but he placed them just right in where the defense uh, where the defense couldn't get to he it. He does such a good job protecting guys from hits with, with ball placement over the middle of the field. He always throws it away from the hit. Yeah, he never does. gets disguised laid out. Yeah, and then a, gr- a great touch pass to Aguilar there in the end zone, and it just it was the most complete performance, like I said, that we've seen from Lamar Jackson certainly in a very long time. So that was great. And then uh, running backs, I thought looked good too. I mean, Justice Hill looked solid. Um, Justice Hill looked really good in pass pro too, which and, is and in the huge. receiving game, he had the the little screen pass where Lamar dodged the guy and he uh, he goosed it to him and he he made something out of nothing. And then yeah, Gus looked good too. He had a couple really nice open field runs. And then we were talking about while we were watching the game. He's the closer. You you got to bring him in for this drive. We were saying it. Call his number. Call his number. Call his number, and he gets the win. Sounds like they uh, put in a call about Cam Akers. It didn't really sound like it has gone much further than that quite yet. Jordan so some, Schultz of the score is that who he's with? I think he's Bleacher um, Report now. Yeah, Bleacher Report. Yeah, he 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 always sends me Jack. <laughs> we get into this with Jack a little bit, but but Jordan maybe does for you too. Always always he, sends yeah. me his tweets. Yeah, yeah. So he's got that that whole uh, Twitter platform buzzing along on those those reports Darius washington ends up on ir i will say the mega culpa to make keep it brief is that we forgot about the zay flowers bomb lamar jackson that throw is covered in that jt o'sullivan qb school go check that video out even if you want to go watch one part of it find where it's the the zay flowers bomb and i won't even talk about it because we did want to keep this a little brief um but such 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 a smooth performance from a team that has struggled to really handle luana rumo like that it felt like we realized that they got the right defensive coordinator to put a lid on the Bengals. And then this year they got the right offensive coordinator to be able to move the ball on them and attack them and pick up um, you know, what they're able to do with some of their pressure looks and things like that. The, the Bengals blitzed the crap out of Lamar Jackson, barely pressured him. So uh, a really strong performance. It was it was the coordinator game. I yeah, I said I said on Twitter it felt like the first like real just uncut like shootout between Lamar and Joe Burrow. And I know Joe was hurt and everything, but it felt like in 2020. I mean, that wasn't really a fair fight. Like Joe was on a shitty team, and then 2021, you know, that was kind of a, a wounded Ravens team to begin with, with the you know Jamar Chase scoring that touchdown and just breaking that game open. And then since then, it's been Burrow playing against you know backups and. Uh, then you had kind of the wounded animal game between the both of them in the beginning of last year when the Ravens win, but it was just kind of a crappy offensive effort by both teams. This one, it felt like, and I know the Bengals had their issues, it felt like both teams were kind of firing on all cylinders, at least for most parts of the game. And I was just, uh, 
yeah, enthralled by every second of it. So, Most definitely, I did want to get to a new sponsor that we have. Very, very, very excited to announce that we are going to be able to uh, start a segment. You'll see it on the socials. You'll see it on Twitter. You'll see it on the Instagram as well. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to my buddy Sam Hennig, who has started the smooth as boop, F-word, shaving, grooming products, his and hers grooming products. We're going to be doing the That Was Smooth AF Play of the Week, which for me was Lamar Jackson dropping an absolute dime on a slot fade, which I did cover on YouTube if you want to go check that out. But that was so smooth. And not only was it the ball, the placement, the feeling of the Ravens coming through late in that game, but Nelson Aguilar's touchdown celebration. Let's talk about like the perfect touchdown celebration that wasn't over the top, wasn't like some huge thing. It was just the smoothest little dance that I've ever, ever, ever seen. So that was the smooth AF play of the week presented by Baltimore's own smooth as fuck. If you're not using their line of his and her shaving creams, moisturizers, shampoos, and conditioners, then you ain't that smooth. When a Baltimore master barber wanted to use the best shaving cream possible, he decided to make his own. Shave, moisturize, wash, and condition with Smooth AF. If you're tired also of his and hers bottles taking up space, it is the perfect product. It is moisturizer. It is shaving cream. It is also, you can have a shampoo too, so you'll be able to save space in those bathrooms. Go check out their line of lavender and CBD shaving and grooming products, which will leave you smelling good and feeling better at Smooth AF Products. Com. I think I was pretty smooth with that ad read. Too, that was, that was probably as smooth as I've seen. I've got to go with uh, 27-17, 11 minutes to go in the game. Jadavian Clowney, just absolutely clowning, putting their right tackle in a, a multicolored clown suit there and just hunting Joe Burrow down on a second down, forcing a third and long. I think they got the stop from there. Uh, just We've talked a lot about this pass rush and the lack of having horses and the lack of being able to get there with four. Obviously, it's a big deal. I don't think it's totally solved by him, but he looked really good in week one, and then he kind of finished the playoff there, which is that re that's really what the Ravens need at that position. It's just finishers. Like, OA looked great in week one. I know he got hurt this past week, but they just needed a guy who could finish the play, and uh, he did there on Joey B. I think an underrated play of that game, and I thought it was smooth as F. Smooth AF. Smooth as boop. All that good stuff. They seriously are awesome. The lavender smells so good. I've been using it for years already. It's it's one of my actual best friends. Go support him. Go support the pod. Go to smoothafproducts.com. Genevieve and Clowney on that player talking about, I saw Next Gen Stats. But I think Jonas Schaefer actually tweeted out, uh, had a get-off of 0 0.44 seconds, which is lightning, lightning fast. And it's just exactly as we expected, a gigantic, you keep calling him an Adonis, which is the perfect word, an Adonis with dreadlocks. In the prime of his life, he should be swinging. He's an Adonis. But Clowney, aside from the fact that he doesn't have a number in the 90s, like it's Pernell McPhee. It's 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 so many, it's so many big, physical, overwhelming, explosive, not the most agile, cornering, ghost pass rush move, you know, showmanship sacks, but just a violent son of a gun that can go wreck shop inside. So it it feels right, it looks right. Uh, you know, Clowney, who knows? We, we've talked about him a, a good bit. You know, the trainer that he's with, I think, has a good track record of getting guys back to health. He he needs to get them to the trade deadline. Like, they just need Jadevian Clowney to get their pass rush and their line outside linebackers to the trade deadline. I, I really, truly feel the program is in place DB-wise for the first time in a long time. I'll, I'll knock on wood on that one. Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. But 
if you add a good, like solidly, uniformly, undoubtedly good pass rusher to the outside, I think this defense is insane. I think this is a Super Bowl, very, very much so a Super Bowl potential team. No, I'm right there with you. I think uh, that's a, a good way of putting it, too. They've got some soft games here in the opening part of the schedule, and I think it really softens out through the uh, the meat of the sandwich there. So, yeah, that's a good point and uh, one that we should be looking forward to. Great sponsored segment, by the way. And a shout-out to all our sponsors. Jimmy's Famous Seafood, of course, is uh, presenting today. And then we've also got Black Eyed Susan Spices and Fed Thrill. Sorry, guys, you're getting short shrift on the segments today. But like I said, we've got uh, the interview going on, so we'll just call them presenting that. But uh, anything else here out of the notebook before we get going? Nothing crazy, man. Balanced offense, balanced defense. You got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to throw the ball. You got to be able to stop the run. You have to be able to stop the pass. And the Ravens did all of those things with confidence on Sunday. So really like that performance. Looking forward to this upcoming matchup, the good old Colts coming to town and going to be having a lot of fun. So we'll, we'll get that preview episode to you guys on Friday morning. Our interview with Jack is a fun, ton of fun. Go subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast right now, give us five stars. Share this podcast. Jake and I are working our tails off. We're going heavy schedule, lots of episodes, YouTube. We're going to have some merch cooking super soon. Keep an eye out for that. So we're excited about this season. We're excited about this switch to Exit 52. Love the jumbo set. Feels like me and you getting to, to have our little therapy sessions that we uh, ended up having. Probably like One of our episodes would be a therapy session every week. The jumbo set. Come, come to Ravens Therapy with Jake and I every single Wednesday. This will be brought to your speakers. So we love you guys, and, and we can get out of here with that, I think. Damn, that could have been a good title, Ravens Therapy. But I don't know. We have a good name anyway. So, yeah. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Be sure to stay tuned to the uh, social channels as well at Jumbo Set Podcast on Twitter. You can uh, shoot us mailbag questions there. Abbreviated episode this week, but we'll be getting back into taking listener questions as we move forward. And like he said, uh, hit us up at Exit 52 Podcast on Twitter for main feed type stuff. I am at Jake Luke. That's L-O-U-Q-U-E. Spencer is at Ravens for Dummies. That is the number four. Like he said, please subscribe to the YouTube. It really helps us. We want to find a way to start monetizing that bad boy. Got to find a Start, you gotta, you know, find a way to start making some money off this. I got to. Yeah, so, I really need to find a way to make some money off I'm this. I'm gonna get you driving crooner. So, yeah, uh, go ahead and subscribe there on YouTube. Subscribe uh, wherever you get your pods uh, if you're not already subscribed to this and you enjoy what you're listening to. And also, we got plenty of uh, other Ravens content on the uh, flagship show, which is on this feed that you're listening to. We got our preview coming up for the Colts game, like you mentioned, reviews after every single game, and uh, Oriole stuff as well. Gonna be in the mix there as they gear up for the postseason. So thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you again very soon. See you. Arrivederci. All right. We now welcome on a very special guest, somebody that we've like interacted with a ton, love his content, great dude, great smile. We bring on Jack Settleman, founder, CEO of Snapback Sports, running the Punchline Pod with Marlon Humphrey, doing it up, a Maryland man through and through, a McDonough man through and through as a well. A Settleman. Jack, Jack, super fired to have you here. How you doing, my friend? I thought we weren't going to expose my McDonough roots. Like I thought we were just going to let that roll. Um, but appreciate you guys having me on. It is always fun. You know, COVID put us in a funny place where we all made internet friends. And I think you guys are some of my latest internet friends that we haven't officially done something together. So what better time than now? Clinch the playoffs, Ravens, looking like AFC North champs. This is when we, we should unite together. 
Definitely. And I'm, I'm kind of curious about it. I mean, like with us being sort of, you know, in the scene a little bit with the uh, sports media stuff, but you've kind of blown up. And I mean, just a dude from Baltimore County, just kind of like us. I mean, how what's the uh, the road to where you are right now? Start us off from the beginning, how you got to, you know, starting snapback and everything that you're doing, man. Give us give us the rundown. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went to McDonough. Uh, it's a K through 12. I didn't get in in kindergarten, but I did come back and got in in the first grade. Um, went to went to school there my whole life, played soccer, played football in eighth grade. My career stats are five carries, negative 13 yards. But my first career carry was for 11 yards. So do the math on, on how that ended up. Um, ironically, got denied from the entrepreneurship class at McDonough. Um, you know, I, I'd say I'd stick it to them, but no, no bad blood there. But I was always entrepreneurial, stringing like you guys remember the mini sticks like from Lax World, uh, selling brownies at school, whatever it may be. Went to University of Texas at Austin. Uh, we are going to the college football playoff. Just want to get that on the airwaves as well. I said they're going to beating Bama. You were so. future for Heisman because yeah. the last okay. two guys to go into Bama, the last two guys to go into Bama and win Heisman winners. So you took it after you weren't a believer until you saw the nope. magic. Nope, nope, wasn't a believer. Wasn't a believer. Fair until enough. Then. Fair enough. He had to prove himself, but we Spenny got. Spenny likes to buy his stocks when they're high instead of low because he believes in them. <laughs> Hey, sometimes you want to see the profits. You want to see the earnings. You don't want to invest off potential. You want to see that they're actually making some money. So I understand that. But I studied sport management there. And I would say like it wasn't that hard completely, truthfully. Like we were doing the stuff you see on TikTok where you would manage a 2K team and like submit that to a class. Like we were watching E60s and, you know, all that type of stuff as our class criteria but it taught me like what i did and didn't want to do in sports i didn't want to do like ticket sales i didn't want to throw events ironically now like when you build a sports media company that's you know you have to do all that stuff and i'm learning to like it but just started snapback my senior year thought process was i go to ravens games orioles games when i home i go to uh knicks games when i'm in new york and then just being in austin you know you get tickets to football basketball you're three hours from dallas houston san antonio and it's just like, why aren't we showcasing sports? Like I have these opportunities, found a community that just really loved it. We started on Snapchat, which is always like, whoa, you can do stuff on Snapchat, but we've got the largest sports Snapchat account. That's like the core of our business. We create content on there. Uh, and now full-blown media company creating content around sports behind the scenes, going to live events. Last year, we went to every Monday night football game. This year, we're doing every Thursday night football game. So you know, it's been six years, three years full time, really going at it. I worked at Action Network, so that's where my gambling roots come from. I mean, that's a lie. Like my gambling roots come from college and having a bookie, but uh, my professional gambling roots come from there. And then just learned how to be a creator, content, just in general. I think in sports media and independent personalities took off, and uh, we're just riding that wave. Love it, man. Love your content, underdog. I think as well is the i don't i was gonna say like best kept secret but it's not a secret it's like the most well, you're basically advertising content. for them on the podcast now without receiving any money so well yeah I'm i, I talk about underdog money. all the time on here it's my favorite you guys can't even play pick them right no it's i, I we used to be able to once maryland became legal I they know. stopped letting me do pick them heart heartbreaking i don't know what's going on i don't i'll do it i love it i need it um, I won a best ball last year that that was one the biggest win I've ever had. I, or excuse me, I got third place in a playoff best ball 
out of uh, wow. one of the like one of the like forty thousand person ones. Wow! And, uh, I, I took my pants off at the Super Bowl. We'll we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Um, so, but love that man. Absolutely. So like you said, you're able to go cover Monday night football and traveling all around. Uh, kudos to you for creating a business that allows you to go see every single event and have that be a business expense. You're, you're just a genius, man. You're just a genius. But with that, at this point, you've seen what every, every NFL stadium. Uh, we're close. I would have to look at all 32. I've seen, it's funny. I've now seen like the Jag stadium, but it was for tennis or sorry, Georgia, Florida. I've seen the commander stadium or, you know, FedEx, but it was actually for Texas, Maryland. So I've, I've probably seen 25, 26 stadiums, but I, I haven't seen a pro game in 26 stadiums, but we're pretty close. And after this year, like, I think this is the first bears game I'll go to, um, there's a couple more Pittsburgh. I've actually never been to a Steelers game. My, my McDonough mom wouldn't let me go to Pittsburgh in high school. She was like, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get your ass beat because we went to, uh, that playoff game against Manning and Indy and we were probably like 13 years old and the Indy fans who are normally like very kind fans. They were like taunting us as 13 year olds, like pouring beer on us. So I think she got a little scarred about me going to uh, to Heinz, you know, as a high schooler. Steelers games used to be a lot different at Raven Stadium. The stories used to be way worse. I've I've seen some ridiculous things from way back in the day. But I think everybody's. I think the whole there's all the viral stuff. But I, from my experience, at least in my little ecosphere. Uh, the fighting has chilled out as a whole for the most part, even at like bars and things like that. So we, we love to if, see that. If you're looking for a fight, you can find you can, one. Yeah. I'll say that. There, there, are pl there are plenty of people who are still looking for it. If you're not, you can definitely avoid. I will say my brother travels with me. He works for me. And so our policy that I've instilled is just it's never serious, right? Like no matter what the chirp is, no matter like – Never engage because then you're never going to get hit. And last year, one game, I said something. And after the fact, he was like, are you kidding me? Like, but I will, I'll tell you what, what happened. We're, we're at the Cincy game. We're actually at the DeMar Hamlin, you know, situation. And that was one of the craziest experiences, right? Because we're at the game. Service is limited. You see the EMS on the field. You got no clue what's going on. One of these brain dead Bengals fans and this is not putting all Bengals fans in this category, so it I don't want to make a it brain dead like person that. who happened to be a Bengals fan. Exactly. Yeah, he is standing up, and he's literally. Uh, it makes me nauseous. He's like, he's dead. I'm like, wait a second. And and it, think about it, it's dead silent because everyone's just in shock. They're checking their phones. He's standing up. Yeah, he's dead. And then he's like, at at best case, this guy's brain dead, and he's just shouting this through the stadium. And I'm like, all right. To, to confront a dumbass fan, I get it. There's there's nothing to gain. But the one thing, the one reason I did it is rumors can actually spread from that. And his parents are in the stadium. Could you imagine like if, if that rumor stemmed from that? So I said something to him. Fortunately, he was three rows ahead of me. He starts trying to climb up like and, and fight me about this. And I'm like, all right, if you look for it, it's there. But there, there's few and far between that you actually want to. I mean, we were in Philly and I made uh, Casey wear a Ravens jersey. It was a punishment for something he lost. He got chirped more than Vikings fans. But if you don't engage back, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to fight you. So you got to be careful. Is this week in San Fran or New York? This week's in San Fran. Okay. So heading out to the, uh, the big bell bottom there, Levi's Stadium. 
Yeah, Levi's Levi's pretty nice. We got out there last year. We will make a day trip, so we fly Thursday morning six a.m. We come back Friday morning six a.m. That those ones. There's only one West Coast game that we're doing that for, but that is that's as brutal as it gets. Favorite experience, least favorite experience on the road. Favorite experience, and and this supersedes football is Lambo. Like Lambo and MSG to me are the two places that I've been. Uh, at least in the U.S. sports, where you go and it's more than just the game, right? You don't have to be a sports fan to actually go and see it. Lambo, you walk in and you guys would love this too. It's football. Like you just feel football. Like people are just drinking beer. They got the museum. Least favorite experience. My brother hated Buffalo. That's because his best friend's a Bills fan and they make shit miserable. Our Uber driver was like, we're joking with him, you know, trying to egg him on. He's like, yeah, we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. We're starting a dynasty. And I'm like, buddy, like you guys, like one step at a time. And there's nothing to do in Buffalo. The actual stadium and the wings in Buffalo are fantastic. Um, I don't know if that's my least favorite experience, but that that's one that there's not a ton to do in Buffalo. Did you see really the Takeo uh, Spikes tweet from this past <laughs> Sunday? I did. That was hilarious. Yeah, they they honored him as a legend before the game, and then he tweeted out where they put him in the seats. He was pretty much like outside the stadium, like he couldn't see anything outside of the end zone. It, it was, was just wild. one of the funniest pictures I've seen. Like he's just sitting there, like the obstructed view. It's just like intently watching. Like it's just and, bad. And Jake didn't he? He must have had someone take a picture of him, right? It wasn't like his vantage point. He's so I was kind of curious. Photo. Like I was wondering if it was him or if he was taking a picture of somebody else. I am pretty sure though that he was like, yeah, like snap a picture of me, like and like make sure you frame it up so that the uh, yeah. like the obstructed view shows. Like it's it's just a funny visual, like a funny idea. Unreal. Unreal. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, love it. I'm sure it really was a ton of fun last week. I, I have the Ravens head out to uh, to Levi this year. I was I was looking at that one. I've been is that the that Christmas game? Yeah, I've been eyeing that one up a good bit. Okay. Might have to. Yeah, to make that's, that it's week sixteen. That's a that's the first game we won't be favored uh, in the season after last week. So uh, that's a good sign. That means we're a good team, and we're doing Thursday in Baltimore week eleven against Cincy. So. Hopefully you guys will we I want to figure out what to do like between what we already do on Thursdays, between punchline and then with all, you know, my Baltimore crew, including you guys, like whether it's just some massive tailgate. We threw a tailgate in Philly. It was really fun. Like had people come out, uh, unlimited drinks, had Madden out there, like did content. So we totally get where do you guys tailgate when you go to the games? So Jake goes to a spot that is unbelievably good. I don't want to say like exactly where it is because this it's, there's like 50 people that go there. It's a $50 all you can eat, all you can drink. Jake will tell you more wow. about it. I'll just say the first time I showed up there, they have a full crush bar. You just, you just like Venmo this guy 50 bucks. The dudes like go out on their boat every single, I think like Saturday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning. They'll go catch tuna and smoke it in a smoker all day. Yeah. And they'll just walk around. It's like these big bearded dudes. Jake will tell you a little more about it, but they'll just walk around serving you like delicious brisket and tuna. And they have a crush bar and 10 coolers of beer. It is an unbelievably low key, like banger tailgate. Yeah. Sounds uh, like a McDonough tailgate, Jake. Did you stumble up amongst uh, some McDonough alums? Actually, it's a Gerstel tailgate, believe it or not. And these guys are, uh, oh, yeah. it's it's quite something. He's he's doing it justice by, uh, by that. I mean, you know, jars of moonshine being passed around and uh, just a lot of col- colorful characters rolling through, which is what you want. A lot of purple camo pants. It's right where you want to be on a Sunday afternoon in Baltimore. So, so my mom is from Pikesville and there is a gentleman, shout out to Guru. Guru. 
Shout out to Guru. He he has adopted a full Buddhist lifestyle. He has a three foot beard. He is a Pikesville hippie Jew, coming from my my mother is also in that category as well. So um, <laughs> I show up with my mom, and she's like, I can't I can't even recall his name off the top of my head. He, everyone calls him Guru. She goes, Oh my God, Guru. I don't know his real name. I just call him Guru. I do. I can't remember it though. And I'm not going to say it anyway. But I, the guy the guy is unbelievable. Unbelievable vibes there. Um, great collection. We did an event last year at Pickett Brewing. We did a live stream, which is right next to really where that same tailgate is um, ultimately. But Cole Jackson is flying down from Canada too. our boy. He came down there last year for that. So we'll definitely have to set up something for that Bengals. Yeah. Game. I think the tailgate would be ideal, like in the lot, if we got a big, big yeah. yeah, we we're in, uh, we do like each, I think it's each two. Um, but not big enough for for the type of event I'm trying to plan with you guys. Like, I think we could get a couple hundred people out and have just like a an absolute time. So hit us yeah, up if we'll, you're listening to this. Hit us up if you want to come to that. We'll we'll start. If anybody has ideas, flow them into the DMs. DMs are always open. Um, yeah. Plus, Jack, we we plan on having Jack on. Jack is going to be traveling and such. We might be getting you know a little bit of a video at times, but we wanted to bring you on because you're doing Thursday night football. That's awesome. We're recording. This jumbo set every single Tuesday night, so it comes out on Wednesday. So you, the what are you the what is your your Twitter says you're the head of head of gambling, head of content. head of winning, head of winning. <laughs> there we go, head of winning. I, so I wish I had Charlie the, uh, Sheen the winning. dull winning on my soundboard here because I would have been I would have dropped that. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. So so we're looking at a Giants 49ers matchup. We're gonna have Saquon Barkley out for that one. The Giants obviously playing in some crazy, crazy, crazy games uh, on a negative side, on a positive side. What is standing out to you pick-wise? What do we have? What is the spread here for tomorrow night? We've got ultimately – ten and a half. Yeah, 10, 10 and a half I've seen. 49ers minus 560 money line. Over-under is 44. The total is 44 as things sit right now. So what is standing out to you when you look ahead of this matchup for tomorrow? So this is your just absolute classic. Am I laying 10 and a half points in a professional football game? And then you think, of course, because the Giants are not good. They're missing their best player. They're on a short week. Now, no, they are staying out west. They played Arizona, so it's not like they're making a West Coast trip. And then the next thought is logically, is it a trap? Are they like, are they going to cover the 10 and a half? It's a lot of points. Maybe I'm a little bit conditioned based off what happened last Thursday, which was I was kind of fading the chalk. Like everyone was playing Addison overs. I still think the Addison under was the right play. He just got loose for a deep touchdown, but he was he wasn't even in. It wasn't a big volume. Yeah, fantasy points and stuff weren't super high. Exactly. And then on the other side, it's like oh, we're riding DeAndre Swift. He's RB1. And I'm like, I don't know. They didn't even give him a touch in the first game, right? And all the chalk smashed. Jefferson, 120 yards. Uh, Cousins, 800 attempts, three touchdowns, right? Like all the chalk smashed. But with a, with a big favorite in a game, there is a high likelihood that the chalk is going to smash, right? Like the obvious game script's going to play out. In my opinion, Sam Fran should get out to an early lead, shut down the Giants, score some points, and then run the ball. So I think I'm leaning towards just playing like Brock Party unders, McCaffrey overs, Daniel Jones overs, you know, Matt Breida unders from the prop perspective. I rarely am, rarely ever am going to lay 10 and a half points on a game. If I had to, I would, but I probably won't bet the spread. The total with the way San Fran can score isn't 
interesting to me either. I've just been playing the worst team's team total under. So like I played, I liked the Saints last night, but I didn't love them spread. They ended up pushing. So I just played Carolina under 18 and a half points. The fact that they even got to 17 was like a, a minor miracle. Same thing when we played Houston. Like I didn't want to lay however many 10 points were favorites against them, nine and a half. So I'm I just sure played 10 point, 10 point favorites only cover. I think when I looked at the last five years of 2018 through 2022, I think it was like 31% of the time, 10 point favorites. Come. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot in a pro. I mean, you could be up 17 points, right? They could be blowing them out. It could be 27 to 10 and then some fluke stuff could happen on the last. It's track, also like right? early in the year. They can, they can move the yeah. football and they can score some points. Yeah. It's early in the year. People have more energy. Like they're just going to be like be in these games a little bit more, I think. So. Yeah. So, so I lean, I don't know what the Giants team total is, but my, and my take is if you are on the side that you want to lay the 10 and a half points, I lean just taking the Giants team total under because what are the chances that like, uh, they're going to score a tie? like to be in the game. It feels like they got to limit Sam Fran. If they get into a shootout with, with a the Sam Fran, defense, be able to be able to get a strip sack, be able to pick a ball, yeah. off, tip a ball something like that. Keep it, keep it low. So that that's kind of my analysis. I'll probably ride Giants team total under. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie, I'm hot right now. I've hit I've hit seven in a row. So I saw, I saw, I saw. I'm We're getting, getting on here while you're hot to start. That's what we wanted. Yeah, it's a great start. Well, Jack, uh, what else you got going on? Where can everybody follow you? We don't want to keep you too too long, but we do want to have you. Jack will be coming on. Jake has more. Jake has more. Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. Uh, so Jake, Jack, if you don't know, Marlon Humphrey kind of like lives in Jake's brain. Jake is very perplexed by him as a human being. Is uh, I was early. Everyone is now, but I was early on it. Let me running bit for a long time. Yeah, but no, he. Uh, I feel like I noticed him going insane on Twitter, like before a lot of other people did, and now now it's like very much in the mainstream. I feel like he leans into it a little bit as a character. How did that relationship with him start? Because I'm I'm very fascinated by Marlon Humphrey. So he is, I mean, tomorrow's episode or Wednesday's episode, uh, by the way, everyone, you can watch the jumbo and you can watch punchline. You got enough time in your day. Don't, don't worry about splitting time. Absolutely. Um, but tomorrow's episode will really showcase. I mean, his mind is just everywhere and we touched everything, including the fact that he watched Sunday's game at the Owings Mills, Buffalo wild wings. So like, that is, you know, that's peak. That's Marlon one of Humphrey. the worst Buffalo Wild Wings I've ever been in, by the way. He said that too. He literally it's said it is, it is a Um, So, yeah, he's just like that. He's unfiltered, which is why I figured he'd make a good podcast. Uh, and everything he tweets, it genuinely runs through his mind. It isn't something where he's like, ooh, this could get people going. Like, he, he really does think You this can't stuff. force the things that he puts out there. You just can't. So, yeah, he, he's really like that. Um, Underdog Fantasy's co-founder, CEO, Jeremy Levine, he connected me with Marlon uh, a couple years ago. They were friends. Marlon's actually, like, super active in, like, investing, crypto, real estate, sports cards, right? So, like, he actually has, you know, the smart business side of him, even though sometimes he puts on this front. And uh, Jeremy connected me, and then we were just friends on social. We met up, and then... You know, with the Kelsey brothers, I'll, I'll give credit to them. Like their athlete-driven podcast content just got super hot, and I was like, "No wonder it's going to make sense." Like everything I've ever wanted to do is find out from these athletes. Like 
what do they do day to day? Where do you watch a game if you're hurt? Apparently, it's a Buffalo Wild Wings. So uh, once we kind of had that, we, we just put a proposal together, worked on that, and it's been fun. Uh, hopefully getting some, some big guests, Ravens guests coming up over the next few weeks. We're supposed to get um, – I'll, I'll just leave it as we're supposed to get a guest who got hurt. Now, that unfortunately means, you know, we could have had a bunch of different Ravens. But, um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun with him. So what's the uh, what's the approach to kind of make it different? Because like these athlete podcasts, you mentioned the Kelsey one and it's really good. What's the approach? Because sometimes it's a little hit or miss. You know, they get in front of a microphone like, oh, this is easy. And then they don't really do a ton of prep and they kind of just they peter out on it. What's and you guys are doing a really good job so far. But like what's. Did you kind of have that thought? Like, Mar- I have to Mar- make this. and Ronnie had their own. Not yeah, they did. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, so what, what did you have a thought process? Like, I need to like go yeah. into this. And it's, it's funny. Like, people actually really like that pod. I didn't listen to a ton of it, but we'll still get replies like, bring back Guru Punch. So, credits to them for that. Then he did Studio 44, which, you know, if you know Marlon, sitting down in the corporate offices of the Baltimore Ravens and po- like them posting it, it's just not like a perfect match. And when we talked to our friends at the Ravens, they were like, we're so happy that he's doing content because he's a gold mine of content, but it's probably best outside of, and we'll pick up the things that work for the Ravens. Right. Um, but that's totally something Jake that like, you're seeing a ton of athlete pods start to drop. And the question is like, why would I give a shit? Like, why, why am I going to go and listen? I get it. They bring an interesting angle, but it's gotta be something else. So it's two things. The first thing is, is there athlete buy-in and like, do they want to be doing it? Cause the, the one that I always point to and not to like crap on them, but Jalen Ramsey did a podcast with unin- uninterrupted last year. Like you saw the press release and then you didn't hear a single thing about it because the Rams are bad. He wasn't having a great season. So he didn't want to talk publicly. He didn't buy in right. Like versus you see someone like Draymond green, he would suck in the NBA finals and then go and shit on himself, right? On a podcast. 37 minutes later, he's absolutely destroying himself and bowing to LeBron. Yeah. So our, always bowing to LeBron. So our angle is definitely that, which is it's a buy-in from Marlon. It's an unfiltered portion. And then the other side that I think is underrated is like distribution. So with snapback, we have added distribution where we could get this stuff in front of people. And then we have network where the NFL is going to work with us. We're going to work with the Ravens. We'll work with BR gridiron. We'll work with, I mean, Spence, you know, we're, we're also, I'm a creator first, right? So I know what other creators are, want to share. So if I DM Spence and I'm like, hey, here's a, you know, a funny clip talking about Roquan, it doesn't feel like it's an ad. It doesn't feel like I'm asking him to do anything. It honestly helps his account as much as it gets us publicity, right? It's so, dual engagement and it uh, is a grassroots ad that doesn't feel forced at all. It's like, um, it's like when you're in sales, sometimes you're supposed to say, hey, I'm not sure if this is for you, but... It's like yeah. putting a feeler out without the added pressure. And I, and I think so many people, they don't really want to put in the work to like, they just want to shoot him, you know, time codes. Or they just want to say, hey, new episode drop, like clip anything you want. They don't see like but the hours that goes into it. They don't see the prep. They don't know like about like how to get equipment, how to like do all that stuff. It's like, oh, it's just a podcast. It's easy. But like, there's a little bit more that goes into it. Like there's so much more that people, like we've gotten picked hardest up by job God. In the world. hardest job in the it's world. it's so hard yeah I, i'm just I, it I'm is such like a kelsey hero. said it and and we were sitting we we're sitting in a meeting with marlin and we've got like our whole you know pitch deck whole thing and i said to him look we're only doing this if you understand the level of commitment like it takes like it is crazy and we understand football is first that 100 football, but this needs to be too 
Like it can't be one of another thing. It has to be two. And so that buy-in has just given us so much confidence on, on the snapback side that we picked the right guy. And also I think a lot of people are going at it at like a one year at a time. Like we signed a multi – we we have Marlon Humphrey locked up longer than the Ravens have Marlon Humphrey locked up. Let's just leave That's it at that. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, so it's like you have to get that level of commitment. And we'll see. You know, I thought Paul George was a weird one at first because, yeah, he's got the profile. But I, I didn't see Paul George as that type. But Paul George is bought in and he's become a fantastic host and he gets it. Right. And I think you I mean, we did so much research on this, but like Trey Young really struggled out of the gate. He thought, you know, my name's Trey Young. I got a million followers on Instagram. I made fun of the Knicks once, right? I could do whatever I touch is going to be good. And I think they underestimated what it would take. But now they're they're getting, okay, we got to get Lonzo. We get this social promotion. We get PR, right? So there's, there's so much that goes into it. It's a full-time job. We've got a full-time staff. We built a studio in Marlon's apartment. Like we're still going to make it as easy as possible on him because he's a diva and he plays corner and, you know, he plays football. But uh, you got to get by. I that structure that, I mean, especially football. Football is the most structured, militaristic type of yeah. athlete maybe that exists. The routine. So many guys that go to big schools in college, go to the NFL where there's slightly less structure. Talk about that. Yeah. Like that, that used to be a huge Alabama thing. Like Trent Richardson's talked about that a ton. I don't know what to do now that I have free time. So providing that structure, I feel like is imperative. Yeah. It's also equally as funny to see. And he says that all the time. He's like 17 week season, right? It's just on repeat. It's the same shit over and over again. And then we finish recording the podcast and it's obviously because he's hurt right now. He's just rehabbing, but like, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, I'm gonna go to the movies. Like, like he actually has free time at the moment because he, he doesn't know what to do in season because all his friends are at the facility, right? They're watching film, they're practicing, they recover, they eat, and then they just do it over again. So it is fun to watch like some of that stuff as well. But yeah, the, the athlete driven pod stuff, it's fun. Everyone, and this is for everyone, right? Like you guys have an angle to your shows. We did a podcast, a Snapback Sports podcast that hit number one on the charts. It hit number one on the charts because I knew how to work the algorithm. And this was early on, four or five years ago. Five-star reviews, you get ratings. Like We would just spam that and do giveaways. And we, we literally hit one. It was amazing for marketing. It didn't do shit for downloads. And after four years, I took a step back and I was like, this is just two dudes talking generally about sports. We didn't play high level. We're not super funny, like, you know, part of my take. We're not live like Pat McAfee. We're not. And it's like, why would anyone, like, you have to be honest with yourself and say, why would anyone tune into this? I think Marlon and guests to come and the way that we're running the show, that there's reason for people to tune in. And after four episodes, we've seen the numbers say, yeah, there, there's definitely an audience for it. And hopefully with more to grow. Definitely. Well, it shows through really well. And I uh, just wanted to pay you that compliment. I do. Uh, I do think it is off to a pretty good start and definitely different than the uh, the athlete pods we've uh, we've listened to. But yeah, man, I guess we've taken up enough of your time here. I guess we were already getting you out of there, but I had to I had to dive deep into the Marlin stuff. There, no, so we needed we needed to we needed to talk Marlin Humphrey. I'm, of course, I we, needed, wanted, we wanted to plug punchline, too, of course. I, I need to hear more maybe offline about Jake's because uh, because when we were talking Marlin investing, I saw a, a light in his head go off. I see 
there there's some suspect that I need to uncover. It's it's not uh, yeah, it's not there's, that deep, there's a lot to it, and everyone that's listening to this is probably giggling. This has been going on for years. This is an evolution <laughs> of uh, of Jake's thought process of Marlon Humphrey. We asked a question, and this is what maybe we'll take offline. But we've had like a running bit for like three weeks now. I posed the question to Jake. We have a sponsored segment when we do the flagship XC52 podcast. Our one burning question. Shout out to to Black Eyed Susan Spices. But I said. What is the dynamic between Odell Beckham and Marlon Humphrey? How do they exist? Are they like a cat and a dog? Is it like the Ravens told Marlon, like, hey, can you kind of leave him alone? Is he a juster a little bit? Like things like that. Can we get an exclusive kind of behind the scenes report on that? Because that I hadn't thought of that. And then he really just piqued my interest. It just kind right, of I'll, I'll give it to you then. So we I'll were, give it we're, to we're you. waiting for the first team plane ride, victory plane ride home to see the level, how much Odell is on there. That's what we've been waiting for for a couple okay, weeks. Okay, okay. Because, because everyone knows the dynamic with Lamar, where Lamar just hates him just straight up, like it shows him no love, get that camera out of my face, uh, and what the dynamic is with Odell. So Odell was supposed to come on on Monday, and I'm dying to be like the, when you're watching a movie with your parents and the sex scene comes on, I said to Marlon, can I just pull up the the fight? Like, I just wanna see that interaction. He was like, I don't know, like, we'll see, whatever. Um, but. I, you know, Odell was obviously a guest. We want to get on the show. And so when we asked him very early on what the dynamic is, is, is he someone that would make sense? He was like, yeah, me and Odell are cool. Um, ironically, Marlon has been accidentally like big dicking him. Like o OVJ was like, yo, come practice with us down in Florida. And he was like out of town. And then he was like, yo, come to this party. And he was out of town. He said, come to Drake with him. He decide to hang with this girl. So like the the irony is that with how annoying Marlon is, is that it's actually Odell who can't get a hold of him. But we uh, they play golf together at uh, at one of the Baltimore country clubs and and we were hanging out with them. Um, so they're they're cool. But it is a hilarious dynamic. And I'm I'm just intrigued, genuinely intrigued how a podcast episode with Marlon's energy versus Odell that I mean, I met him very briefly at the course, but like he's super reserved. Like he actually is not. I, mean, I, feel like, like, I feel like he is just low key to the, the definition of low key. Some uh, some interesting, re interesting reporting coming out about him today, too. I don't know if we saw that. What was that? Uh, something about somebody he may or may not be seeing who may or may not belong to a very famous family uh, that that leaked. Yeah. I cannot that's, confirm. That, that's been leaking for a while. Okay. I can't confirm nor deny, but let's just say we would love to get the official source on uh, on Punchline. Break it on the show, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the funny thing is he is the most low-key of people, but he is living the most high-key profile literally in the NFL. I mean, he has 18 million followers. So, uh, More Richard Millet like, on, on the field. On the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, there we have it. That that really uh, Jake looks like he just like got finished running a marathon a little bit. There's a little bit of a, a like runner's high that is now settled and he can just relax at, at Jake, having that a just little bit. Hit, hit me in the DMs. Any questions you have, I will 100 percent include them, because if you're thinking them, guess what? We're all thinking them and they need to be answered from this man. Feels like it feels like a full circle moment for me there. I, I, yeah, you're right. 
feels like I I, I've, I've ascended to a new level here with this. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. How about you go ahead and, uh, you know, we've already talked about it a little bit, but plug everything you got going on Thursday night football, punchline, all that stuff before we get you going. Yeah. Check us out. Check us out on uh, Punchline on YouTube. We're really pushing YouTube. Shout out to Spence and, uh, and Jake. You guys are, are going the YouTube routes, the way to be, video content. So Punchline's on YouTube. It's on all your podcast platforms. My stuff's just my name, at Jack Settleman. And then if you want to check out the Snapback stuff, Snapback Sports across all platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and then, of course, on Snap. So. Appreciate you guys for having me. I will be home for uh, for some Orioles playoff game. So hope to see you guys prior, hopefully before uh, that Thursday night game. But definitely, if the if the people want it, make sure to hit our DMs and and let us know. Do you want tuna like the Gerstel, you know, tailgate, or you want to be in the lots with me and Spencer, and we'll uh, we'll just be shaving beards, getting tats, and drinking beer. All the best stuff. So we have that. We have a couple picks. We're going to be having Jack on every week for a little bit. Wanted to get a full full kind of interview set in there. Get familiar with Jack. He's going to be popping in on the Jumbo set every single Wednesday morning when you guys are listening to this. So thank you so much, Jack. We appreciate you. We'll be talking with you next week, my friend. Appreciate you, fellas. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. See ya. and they execute the system and that's what it's all about. Oh God. Yes, sir. Trust. He's pretty, he's pretty, big, big trust. Big trust. Big trust. Big trust hey, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, right sir. on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me